on that day when my strength is failing, the end draws near and my time has come. Still my soul will sing your praise This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We are enjoying such wonderful fall weather right now, and I hope that everyone is feeling the presence of God during this time. I want you to know that I pray for you particularly to continue to stay safe uh, COVID is still very active among us the past couple days in Oklahoma. The new cases has been well over 1,000. We're talking about like 1,200 a day. This has not declined among us. So please, please, please wear your masks, avoid public places, wash your hands, and stay safe. We have a couple of announcements today. Uh, we're starting to talk uh, some about Jesus' parables uh, in the sermons, and then in October we move into our theme of grateful for our stewardship campaign. Uh, soon we will have a devotional booklet for the month of October coming to you. If you're one of the people who hasn't yet submitted your devotional and you said that you would, Please do it today, because otherwise I'll write the rest of them, and I know people would rather hear from you. Also, on Sunday, October 4th, we're going to have our annual blessing of the animals. It will be in the church parking lot, 2 p.m., uh, mask safe for everybody, but bring your little critters so uh, that we can uh, offer uh, their little lives to God and bless uh, them for all that they give to us in our lives. Also, I think uh, Judy's uh, study, Tuesday's study is postponed, but if you're still interested in that, please do let her know. And uh, Patty is about to be begin the Sermon on the Mount study and will be here after worship with books for those who need them. 
I think that is every announcement that I'm going to share this morning. I know there are many others. But I want to say most of all to remember that you are loved with an infinite love and there is nothing that can ever separate you from it. Let's worship our God. Good morning. Welcome to Village United Methodist Church this morning. It's so good to have you guys here with us this morning. Uh, we also welcome the ones online that are watching or, or listening this morning. Our um, processional hymn this morning is going to be Jesus Calls Us. Sunday morning. Today's scripture is from Matthew 13, 33. And it's a parable of Jesus that is such a short little story that it's told in one verse. And it says, the kingdom of God is like a woman who took yeast and mixed it through a lump of bread dough. That's it. That's the whole story. So what could that mean? Well, I brought a packet of yeast with me today. And yeast is the ingredient in bread that makes the bread rise. So let's see what it looks like. Can you see all these teeny tiny little pieces of yeast? I mean, there's so many in here, but there's so little. You bake the bread and you mix the yeast with the flour and the water and all the other ingredients. And then you knead the bread just like this. Oh, you knead the bread, flip the dough over, knead it, knead it, and you just keep kneading until you get a lump of bread. And then, you know what? Can you ever see the yeast in the dough? No, but the dough was affected by the yeast. And can you get the yeast back out of the bread once you've kneaded it and kneaded it? No, the yeast is in there, and you cannot get it out just like God. Once he's a part of your life and he's affected you, 
You can't get rid of him. He's going to be there. Even when you don't think his plans are the same plans you had, he is still there. And still, another way that yeast reminds us of God's kingdom is once you knead the yeast into the dough, you can't get it back out again. So the kingdom of God came with the coming of Jesus, and it's been growing ever since. Just like that yeast. Once it started growing, it cannot be stopped. And that's a very good thing. It means that we get bread. And it means someday we will all know Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, thank you for bringing us together today and reminding us that no matter what, even when we can't see you and we don't know you're there, you are still a part of our lives, just like the yeast and the bread. Amen. Have a good week. We'll see you later. Amen. Please join me in our opening prayer. God of mercy, your ways in this world aren't always perfectly clear to us. You ask us to seek you. And as we do, you lead us to see new things and to become new people. May the resurrected life continue to take shape in us that we might be the body of Christ for the world. Amen.
Good morning once again. All right. Just making sure you're still there. Um, we have come to the, the, the point in our service where we are able to really be the village that we profess to be. We are able to celebrate with those that celebrate, to mourn with those that mourn, to be in prayer with and for one another, and to, to stand alongside one another and help to walk through what can be some challenging times in our lives. So if you have a praise report or a prayer request, and, uh, please list that in the feed if you have not already, or if you are here and you can speak loudly through your mask, <laughs> uh, we would like to hear of those today. The ones that I currently have is we are praying for Philip's brother, Michael, who found out um, that he has cancer. We are definitely praying for that. Um, in the feed, I have one from, from uh, a joy from Deanna Hallmark Elliott. Thanks for the prayers for my son-in-law, Charles. He arrived Thursday night at 10 p.m., Layovers in Ethiopia, I just lost it, Ethiopia, Ireland, and Washington, D.C., but he finally made it home, so we are grateful for that. Um, there's also prayers for my wife, uh, Aisha, and for my son, James, who are feeling under the weather. Uh, I believe it's probably just allergies, they're running those, but we, we are definitely still praying. Um, she has also asked for prayers for... Um, the passing of the Supreme Court Justice Ruth Ginsburg. Uh, Pat Dollarhide has prayers for, my fam for the family of Bill uh, McCleavy, who died September 16th. Uh, we have prayers for Baby Wells, which is uh, John and Jenny Ferguson's granddaughter, uh, recovering from spine surgery. And we are praying for the surgery of Pat Bonner on 9-22. Did I miss anything? Um, my voice teacher will be leaving uh, OCU on October 1st for open heart surgery. And his wife, this upcoming Friday, will be having a lobotomy for breast cancer. Oh, God. Uh, uh, Viviana's voice teacher will be leaving uh, for surgery. Mm -hmm. Open heart surgery. Or open heart surgery and... And his wife is also having surgery here in the upcoming days and weeks. And so prayers for that. Um, anything else? Let us pray. Most gracious God, our Father, Lord, we thank you for another opportunity to, to be right here, Lord, to, to worship and praise you and, 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 and sing praises unto you, O oh God. We, we are grateful uh, for an opportunity to, to thank you for all that you have done in our lives and for all those things that you have done in the lives of those that we care about, O oh God. We, we come now grateful that even in the midst of challenges, in the midst of hard times, in the midst of, of places we just don't understand, we know that you are still with us, that you still stand by us and for us, and that you will fight for us all along the way. 
So God, on today, we have a variety of different uh, prayer concerns. Oh God, we, we are praying for those recovering from surgery. We are praying for those going into surgery. God, we are praying for, for treatment measures and for a revelation on what to do on those recent diagnoses. God, we are praying for, for all of those health ailments that, that have hit our prayer list on today. God, we, we pray, Lord, that you would show up in a mighty way, that you would uh, uh, show even those doctors and those nurses how powerful our God is. God, we pray for strength. We pray for peace. God, we pray, Lord, for direction. We pray, oh God, that even as those individuals walk into those clinics, those doctor's offices, those hospitals, oh God, that, that they can rest assured that the, the way has already been made, oh God. We, we praise you for your healing hands. We praise you, oh God, for a peace that surpasses all understanding God we praise you for being our God and for being all powerful God we are grateful for all of the successes of this week God we are we are grateful for those 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 what we would call little miracles that have happened all along the way God we are grateful for those that have been healed we are grateful for traveling mercies and traveling graces God we are grateful that that even in the midst of those, those small things God that you have shown up big for us God we are grateful that that even behind the scenes things are working together for our good oh God we stand grateful to serve such a mighty God. So Lord, in this moment, with all the prayer requests that have been laid before you, O oh God, for all of those that, that still rest in the hearts of your people that haven't been voiced, God, we, we are confident that even in their groans, even in their breathing, God, that you would hear their hearts, Lord, and that you would show up for those as well. God, for the celebrations of this week, this month, and yes, God, even this year, we say thank you, Lord, for, for being our God and for showing up in a mighty way, God, for all those things. We are grateful. Grateful that you have not left us nor forsaken us. Grateful, God, that we can rest in the fact that you are exactly the God that we know you to be. So, Lord, on this day, as we prepare our hearts and our minds to receive your word, we ask that we would hear it in a way that we have never heard it before, that it would touch our lives in a powerful and mighty way, oh God, that it would forever change us. God, we pray for Pastor Elaine as she stands. Lord, I pray that the distractions be removed from her shoulders, that any weight that she walked in with, Lord, that you would take that from her, oh God, that God, we, we are grateful for the life and for the ministry that you've placed in her and God, we are grateful that you've placed her here. So, Lord, as she stands to proclaim the word, Lord, I ask that, that we would see you, that we would hear you, O oh God, that, that this word would be on time for this time and season in our lives, and that we would forever be better, that we forever would be stronger, and that we forever would be able to walk in our purpose as you have ordained. So, God, on this day, as we have laid our concerns before you, as we have praised the mighty works that, that you have shown in our lives, God, as we pray for our leaders and for all uh, that you have placed in their hands to do, we come into unison, praying as you have taught us to pray for many generations, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, 
thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This morning, uh, I am reading from Mateen, and uh, just only verse 33, which may in fact be the shortest parable in the scriptures, and it says this, He, Jesus, told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Uh, during this pandemic, and I think especially back when people were sheltering in place, it seemed like there were a lot of people who had decided to take up baking bread. I don't know if it was because uh, they were afraid that there wouldn't be enough bread to eat or if maybe uh, they needed more to do, but in any case, uh, there was a lack of flour and yeast in the stores, and if you were on social media, all these people were posting pictures of the bread that they were baking during uh, that shelter-in-place time. And it made me start thinking a little bit about the ways in which bread feels like life to us. Uh, the ways in which bread is maybe the ultimate comfort food. You, you pull a loaf of bread out of the oven, you, you take a piece of that, slather on a little butter, and oh my goodness, it just makes you feel warm and comforted, and maybe it gives you a little sense of hope. Bread is an important part of our lives. And so we come to this short parable from Jesus where he's talking about baking bread. Now, I think that in my almost 30 years of ministry, I have never ever preached on just one verse of the Bible. Because one verse is kind of dangerous. Why do I say that? Because, you know, one verse, you can read anything you want out of one verse. If you're not putting it in the larger context of, of that passage or the longer, uh, the larger context of the scriptures themselves, you can, you can make it say almost anything you want. And in fact, this parable, this one verse, about the kingdom of heaven is set in the midst of eight parables that Jesus tells us about what the kingdom of heaven is like. Eight of them. And if you look at the Gospels, there are 30 or 40 parables of Jesus. So there is something really important about the parables of Jesus. 
And if you remember two weeks ago, I talked a little bit about parables. I said, you know, what's really important about a parable isn't the, the details of it, the historical, literal question about whether this really happened, right? Uh, Jesus isn't saying, you remember that woman, Betty, who was baking bread when we were there the other day. Yes, it's not what he's saying. The only thing that matters in this story is actually the meaning of it. The parables are a way of telling the truth of God, even though the circumstances of that story are not literally true. And that's really important, because these parables often confuse us. Or they make us think again. They make us wonder what's really going on here. I don't know about you, but every time I come to that parable of the dishonest or shrewd manager who cheats the boss, and then the boss says, well done, you cheated me. I'm like, what? That doesn't make any sense to me. But parables kind of keep us humble. It's a way of saying, you know, uh, the truth of God is never that easy for you, human being, to grasp. If you think you can read this once and you get what's going on here, you need to read and read again. You need to continue to knock and to seek, and it will be open to you. But it's not just going to be told to you in simple terms, because then you have a tendency to think you are like God when I want you to remain humble before me and my word and to continue to seek me. And so the parables continue to offer us meaning and try to draw us in. And, you know, it's not every story that we go back to and say, there's something here I need to discover. There is something that we know is true. There is something that we know is life-giving. There is something that we know is of God in these parables if we'll just stick with them and keep, keep seeking what the meaning might be. You know, there are a lot of stories that I read, but, there are, uh, but if, I don't, if I can't figure out that story most of the time, I am, I'm saying that's enough of that. I'm not going back to it. I was thinking about how a few years ago, one of the most popular stories and movies was The Life of Pi. You remember this? It's about this young man who is on a ship and it sinks and he ends up in a life raft with a bunch of animals trying to survive. And at the end of the story, the question is, were those really animals or were those people? And the point is that people are worse than animals. And you didn't know, and I was like, you know what, I don't care. I'm not going to read this again to try and figure out if it's animals or people, because whichever answer it is, it is not a good ending. But the Bible keeps drawing us in. Even when we aren't exactly sure what it means, we know that there is something life-giving there for us, and so we continue again and again to look at them. So we come to this parable of the woman who is baking bread. And I want to pause for just a couple seconds. And I want to say to you, if, if someone came up to you right now and said, hey, what is this parable about? 
what would you say? What would you think this parable, the woman mixing yeast into flour, is about? There may be more in this one short little verse than immediately meets the eye. The first thing that we need to see in this parable is that Jesus has been going through the kingdom of God is like the sower who sows seed. The kingdom of God is like Wheats and weeds growing together. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. And all of the, the people who are gathered around are listening, and they're probably at this point, you know, starting to drift off. And Jesus then says, the kingdom of heaven, now the kingdom of heaven is not just something out there. He's always going to tell us it's drawing near that we can be part of the kingdom of heaven here and now. And he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a woman. What? Wait! Did Jesus just say it's like a woman? That can't be. Because if you're a hearer in the first century, women are property. Women don't have any rights. Women do what the men are told. Why in the world are you going to... I mean, women tend to be unworthy of God. They're, they're, they're often unclean. Why, how in the world could the kingdom of heaven be like anything to do with a woman? You see, you and I, we don't get that kind of jolt in our world today, but those first century hearers would most certainly, their ears would have perked up, the men would have been like, what in the world is Jesus doing? And the women would have been looking at each other and kind of elbowing, going, hey, 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 what's going on here? And Jesus is trying to say, the kingdom of heaven is open to everybody. There's, there's no one, you and I, with, with our systems and our ways of thinking, we decide people are in, people are out, and all of these perils, virtually all of them are saying, no, you, you, can't, you can't decide. There are weeds and there's wheat growing together. It's not up to you to decide which is which. There's seed that's sowed on the soil. Some of it will take root. It's not up to you to decide which does and which doesn't. Jesus is shocking, and usually these parables would have something that really startled Jesus' hearers. These, these, these people are hearing that a woman is being privileged and worthy of God, and Jesus is saying everyone is worthy of the kingdom of heaven. Everyone. You know, uh, in, in the past uh, week or two, one of my students who serves a, a rural church in, I don't know, Kansas or Missouri or, or Arkansas, way out in the middle of nowhere, a little teeny tiny church, the student told me that uh, some uh, Hispanic family had come one Sunday and, and sat down in that congregation. And a couple of the older women literally got up and walked out. And one of these women came to the pastor 
uh, the next day or two and said, you should not have let those people in our church. And as the pastor started this conversation, the woman went on to say, I know I'm going to heaven and they are not. Now, listen, I know nobody in this congregation is thinking that way, but there are a lot of Christians out there who are judging who's worthy of God and who isn't. And I would uh, be willing to bet that there are some people that you and I, we're not so sure about their worthiness of the kingdom of heaven. And yet Jesus is saying, all are welcome. In fact, as I was thinking about it, it seemed to me that when we hear this story, if I said to you, draw a picture of this story, you and I, for the most part, we're going to start drawing a picture of uh, a, a white woman, maybe a black woman, in a farmhouse, uh, looking out the window at her at the wheat and maybe some cattle, and she's making some uh, bread on the countertop. But of course, when the original hearers heard this, they thought of a Middle Eastern woman. Maybe she was a nomad. Maybe she was making the bread on a stone in a tent. We don't think that, but that's what they would have imagined in their minds. You see, we are always kind of limiting these stories to our own kind of understanding, and Jesus is saying, nope, it's bigger than you understand, and all are welcome in the kingdom of heaven. But then he goes on and he says, now this woman is got this flour, and it's three measures of flour. Now, does anybody know what three measures of flour is? You know, right? I decided I better find out how much three measures of flour is. We're probably thinking three cups onto the countertop or whatever, onto her, onto her stone. It's three gallons. Now, that's a lot of flour. This woman has three gallons of flour that she's working with. It's enough bread to feed 100 people. It's enough bread to feed a full village. She is doing a lot of work. And if you start thinking about that, if you have ever needed bread, now you're needing three gallons of flour that is hard work. That takes a lot of effort. That takes a lot of perseverance. You can't quit because people are depending on the bread that you're going to produce. And yet, this is not easy work. And I think Jesus is saying the kingdom of heaven is not easy work. If you think you can just confess the living God and you got it, you're wrong because you're going to have to persevere. You're going to have to keep kneading that dough. You're going to have to keep working at it. If you want to inherit that kingdom of God, if you want to feed a lot of other people, if you want to be able to share, you're going to have to keep working it. You can't just go, squit, quit, good enough. It takes a lot of work. It's not easy and you have to persevere, which brings me to this third point, that the kneading process is to get that yeast. 
through all of that flour. Now, the yeast, of course, we would think of as the Holy Spirit. The yeast is God. And you and I have no control, really, over whether that yeast gets through all the bread. We can work it hard. We can try and really knead it in there. But we, the only way, ultimately, to know that the yeast got through all the three gallons of flour is by the bread that rises. And you and I, we can take our children for 18 years. We can bring them to church. We can talk to them about Jesus. We can pray with them. We can need them every chance we get. But we don't know if the yeast will take hold. That yeast, that Holy Spirit, is never ours to judge or to give and to ensure is present in another person. We just have to do the best we can and trust that God will work as God works. But the yeast is really not in our control. The yeast is the work of God that is part of this whole process of faith in the kingdom of heaven. So we have these pieces that, that everyone gets to participate. We have this idea that it's really hard work. You've got to keep at it. You're never, you're, you're, you're never quite done. And that it needs the spirit, the power of God for this whole process to work for the yeast to leaven this whole loaf. Then I started thinking a little bit about the bread that will be baked. And the Bible is filled with stories of bread. Because for most of human history, one of the most important sources of food for people has been bread. One of the most reliable sources of food for people has been bread. If you think about the Old Testament when there are the famines, they, they, they've set aside grain so that they can make bread. And bread, if you look it up, has most of the nutrition that the human body needs to survive. Bread is life. Bread has what we need to survive, almost, almost. Because bread doesn't have vitamin C, and you know what will eventually happen. You get rickets and so on if you don't have vitamin C. Now, what activates the nutrition in the bread is the yeast. The microorganisms of the yeast are what cause the full nutritional value to come out in that bread. The grain is not nearly as nutritious. And then you take a step back and you think, Jesus is the bread. The most that will sustain life 
And guess what? Grapes have a lot of vitamin C. Now, I'm here to tell you, uh, the vitamin C tends to go away when you make it as wine. So, but where you have wine, you have, you have grapes. And together, bread and grapes will sustain life for a very, very long time. You know, these parables are so rich with meaning. All of this one little verse. And I think there's so much more in this one little verse than I can even begin to touch at this point. I wonder how many of you saw all of those things when I paused for a minute and said, what do you think this parable is about? Because Jesus is inviting us again and again to go deeper, not to be satisfied, not to settle that, oh, I know what this is about, but to say, there's more here that God wants me to learn and understand so that I might more fully inhabit, inherit the kingdom of heaven. And so, these parables... They offer us life. They ask us to dig deeper, to know Jesus more fully, to remain a little bit humble before this word of God. And to hear Jesus say, the kingdom of heaven is like this. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Amen. We have come to the point in our service where we are able to continue in our worship and our giving. And so if you have your tithes or your offering and you are among us, you can place it in the plate just outside the door. Uh, if you are joining us online, let, uh, let me let you know that there are multiple ways you can give. You can either use the link that is in the message uh, the message portion of the link of the feed, excuse me, um, and place securely give there. You can uh, drop it off at the church if you just happen to be in the neighborhood. And if you don't want to come in, you can slide it through the mail slot as well. 
Um, but there are multiple ways that you can give. And I'd like to take this opportunity to thank everybody for uh, continuing to give even during this time, not just of your money, but also of your, your time and of your talents, and because all of those things are needed for where we are going. Amen. Let us pray. Most gracious God, Lord, we thank you for the gifts and for the givers. Lord, we thank you for cheerful givers, Lord, as they, they give back unto you. Lord, I ask that all the gifts that are given today and throughout this week, Lord, be applied to the purpose that you have placed in us right here at the village. Lord, allow our hands to continue to be busy, that we may fulfill all that you have placed in our hands to do. And it is in your name we pray. Amen. to be, have uh, been with you this morning. Uh, our closing song this morning is King of Heaven. Uh, you're not obligated, but if you feel like standing this morning as we close, feel free.
people of God, don't you know that God and God's Spirit is always reaching out to us, trying, working to get us to go deeper, to know more, to see more clearly who God is. And all the while knowing that we will never, ever get it all together because God is God. God is the giver of life. God is the bringer of the new creation. And that's what we take into the world, is the invitation to let the yeast do its work. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.